another edition of the EVPC podcast. Eric Dobrevs and Brian Coleman. And Brian, we are officially in March Madness. It is March Madness time. Forget baseball. Who needs it? We'll talk about that later. But Big East basketball tournament starts this week in New York City. All the fans will be there. The UConn women played the Big East tournament this weekend. Uh, you know, peewee hockey tournaments, Brian. I mean, what gets better oh, this I, time of the year? Come I on. know it. I hear all about it. Yeah, crazy time. Are we allowed to say March Madness? Well, screw it, because we are. Yes, just so. like the word Super Bowl. I'm going to say Super Bowl. I'm going to say March Madness. Trademark it, my butt. Trademark, trademark. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. It's fun. It feels good. Are you excited? Um, you got the fever? I do have the fever. I get a little fever, and even more cowbell won't cure this fever. It is that time of year where I become that old crotchety guy who goes like, looks at the scores, and I'll be doing this all week while I flip around and see what different games are on, even though some of the small school games. Like I said, I love to watch the small school tournaments. Yep. Smaller schools where like only one team gets in. University of Hartford, awesome. baby. There you go. We talked about that last year. That was awesome. And but the problem is I am the guy who like looks at the scoreboard where they're running the crawls on the station, you know, during a game like Villanova and Connecticut are playing tonight in the tournament. Wait, what? Oh, wait, it's the women's game. I do the whole women thing. Like, wait, Kentucky won the SEC tournament. Oh, wait, it's the women game. I'm not degrading women game. I'm just pointing out that I'm getting more and more confused. It's I'm easily confused. I didn't realize that was possible. <laughs> You're not alone. Let me tell you a quick inside uh, baseball story. Do you have a second here? So, yeah, this, obviously I have a second. I'm, I'm taping a podcast with you on a Monday morning. Yeah, I think I've got some time. So this weekend was the Big East tournament at the Mohegan Sun. They play, we're taping this Monday morning. Tonight's the uh, final. the women's Big East. Yes, women's Big East tournament, Mohegan Sun Casino up there in Uncasville. The yep. women play UConn. Women play Villanova tonight. Uh, Villanova beat UConn earlier this year. By the way, uh, yep. they had a lot of injuries, but uh, UConn should roll tonight. Uh, mm-hmm. so we've been covering this tournament better than anyone for 25 years, longer than that, but for as long as I've been at Chimley. So due to some things I had last week, my off days were Friday, Saturday this past week. So Don Pearson, my wonderful colleague, the 2022 Connecticut sports Caster of the year, by the way. Yes. And, and well-deserved, you know, yes. for the most part. Yep. He said, I'll go Saturday when the women play in the quarterfinal. So, okay. okay. You know, we go up there, we shoot the game, stay, get some post game. So he gets up there on Saturday, and uh, they say, oh, no, I'm sorry. You can't shoot the game. Oh, really? He says, excuse me? They're like, oh, no, you can't shoot the game. And when I say that, it means you bring a camera, and we shoot our own highlights so we don't have shoot to rely highlights. on TV. Like, so we don't have to rely on, rely on TV highlights. We right. like the TV highlights better. For what, what we do, we prefer to shoot our own stuff. Yeah. I said, no, it's always been that way. Well, excuse me, we've been covering this 25 years. We've shot every tournament that's ever been. So that's never been. The Big East men's tournament, you cannot shoot at Madison Square Garden because it's a union shop and the New York right. City unions you don't mess with, right? No, no. So please just explain to me. So they they compromised and let John go on the second level and shoot from a mile away instead of sitting on the floor, which we normally get to do. You know, they call crisscross applesauce. You're sitting there on your butt on the baseline yeah, like shooting asleep. the game. And the thing about it is you get to hear the game. You get to hear what the coaches are saying. You shoot your own cutaways. And what they show on TV is not necessarily what you may need. I may be doing a feature story on a player who only plays eight minutes a night, and I need video of right. it. And by the way, we can't show TV highlights on our website or on our social media. So why would – TV highlights that you get – okay, from the network, you can't use those on your platform. Correct. We can show them on the air, but we cannot – if I want to do a story about the UConn women's basketball team, I can't show the highlights off Fox Sports 1 on WTNH.com. That's a bummer. So please explain to me why the league would want to do that. Or when you have spokesperson, I don't know. That's weird. Why would they? But do that? What's in the this day and age, where for especially for women's sports, where we're trying to grow this game, and I guess my point is, and I'm belated, 
you just told hundreds of thousands of people who are watching the local news at night that we can't tell feature stories about your team because we don't have video. So it's annoying. I guess I'm just complaining. I don't understand the logic of it because there's always a ton of people like on the NCAA tournament's one thing, but under the baskets allows still, but still photographers from the Associated Press, the Hartford Current, and everyone else can shoot their own pictures. They're still photography. Boring. Still photography in this day and age. But it's, again, it's just, I'm I'm sorry, too inside, but it's annoying. No, it's okay. I like this. It's annoying. You're you're driving us. So you want me to go up there in this day and age where I got high school basketball tournaments and hockey tournaments and all this other stuff going on. And you want me to sit on press row and just watch the game. And then go yeah. do post game interviews. That's what you want me to do. That's the, so that, shame on you, Biggies. Shame on you. Well, let's uh, let's get the commissioner on the horn. You must have the ear of the commissioner. Call Val the, Ackerman. Uh, well, the next time I see her, I am going to say something to her. Val, with the dealio, this is not a non. This is yes. Mohegan Sun. That's not a non. That's a non-union uh, arena. Yeah, and the other thing that's annoying too is the UConn men are the three seed, so they play at nine thirty at night on Thursday and Friday. That does not help local TV because. The game's not going to be over at eleven thirty at night, or it'll just be. Ending. What? <laughs> it is. It is weird when they do that. Um, I know they ah. have to, and they don't have to do it because not only is it bad for local TV, but you know it's tough for a lot of fans, especially us old fogies, to like that game. Maybe ends at eleven thirty if everything breaks right, and they never start on time because no. the game that starts at seven will not end on time. So it's the, men's game, to yeah, the men's game is taking much longer because they're all. It's like the NBA. There's fifty timeouts at the end of the game. You got reviews. 37 reviews. And again, we can get the highlights on TV at 1130 at night. But any mm-hmm. post-game interviews, I'm not going to go to New York at 1215 at night to wait for Dan Hurley when the stuff he says not going to matter the next day because he's playing another game. You're playing back-to-back Yeah, it's going to be games. dated. Yeah, yeah it's, it's going to be dated 12 hours. So it's just it's, – it's annoying. But it is a great time of the year for fans. Let's just get back. To yeah, it's a good time for fans. And I know it's the garden will be packed. And if I wasn't working, I'd be down there – Taking the train in, going, having a good time because it's been a long time. You know, it feels like it's been a long time since life has been a little back to normal with basketball. Yeah, no, I agree. I don't even know what tickets are going for, but I bet they're going for a lot. And there's going to um, be a lot of UConn fans. That'll be that's the as yeah. they say the sixth borough of UConn. Yeah, exactly. So it'll be fun. Um, we'll see what happens. But I love, yeah, like I said, I love it. Um, I also love, like you said, the smaller schools, Connecticut. Just in our neck of the woods, we have a lot of smaller school, like I say smaller division one programs, but, you know, legit basketball programs that are, uh, are always in play at this time of year. Well, I'll break it down for you real quick. You got the UConn men, UConn women, mm-hmm. NCAA mm-hmm. tournament. Yale is the two seed in the Ivy League tournament this weekend coming up. Yep. We have also in division one, University of Hartford is in the semifinals of their conference tournament again. They play Wednesday night. You imagine if Hartford again makes the NCAA tournament as that president is trying to break down their athletics and move them all to Division Three, which is I'm rooting for it. It'll be fun. Even if they get smoked again. I'm rooting, I'm rooting for them to make it just because it'll make the president look foolish. Uh Division Two, the University of New Haven basketball team is in the NCAA tournament. Division three, you had Wesleyan, Mitchell College, and St. Joe's all play this past weekend. They all lost, but hey, basketball is good in the state of Connecticut. It is good. It's good. It's good. And, we, like, we, and you know, we're just getting started. Like it doesn't yeah. even and, free, at least we got almost a month of this before it all. And we have Quinnipiac and Fairfield and all those teams playing in the Mac. And one of them could get lucky and make the NCAA tournament as well. So, Hey, I want to get your thoughts on uh, staying with college basketball here for a minute. Were you tuned in Saturday night for the Duke North Carolina game? With the final, uh, I was a farewell of coach K. Tell me where you I was tuned in. Not initially because I had some family visiting. We had some family stuff we were doing. 
but it was about everyone sort of packed up and left my domicile around. I don't know what time it was. That's sometime in the second half, about 10 minutes left in the game. And then the reason I knew that is because I took like, like most Americans, I had my phone in my hand constantly. And I looked at the score and I said, Ooh, North Carolina, everyone, you know, not ranked Duke ranked number four. Carolina's hanging right in there. How is Carolina Probably, not ranked by the way? I don't know. They've, they're 21 and nine or something. I have no idea. I think they're 23 but, uh, and eight something. Yeah. Or 20, whatever, whatever the fact It's still, it is what it is. And everyone probably thought Duke was going to smoke their longtime rival. So I see it's a close game. I go down to the family room. I leave my wife and kids again, as usual, you know, let them do whatever the hell they want to do. I want to see the end of this game. Carolina wins. I'm I'm like, every time Carolina hits a big three or blocks a shot with like two minutes left, which they did a couple times, I'm hooting and hollering like, you know, like my team's about to win the World Series. I'm loving it because I can't stand Duke and I can't stand Coach K. And, you know, every time they play North Carolina and Duke, I'm like the biggest Tar Heel fan in the world. I think a lot of us feel that way. So, yeah, I inadvertently – I wasn't going to launch it because I thought it would be a blowout. And I didn't want to go through all the Coach K nonsense and the hugs and the kisses and the let's fall over ourselves and pat Coach K in the back. That was going to be nauseating, quite frankly. So I enjoyed the fact that they lost in his last home game. Sorry, Duke fans. Yeah. I, and I did not stay for the uh, the long, long – I did. I turned on the turned it on the ESPN over a few minutes later – a few minutes, like an hour later – and they were still doing the Coach K post game on the court ceremony. Me, me, hi, look at me. This is me. I'm about. This is all about me. Can we get more people on here to talk about me? So, oh, you know, Eric, so it, was all, na- was- it was every bit as nauseating as I thought it would be. Yeah, I'm going to take a different tack. Okay, so- fine. I know I sound. I know I sound classless here because he's a great head coach, probably the best college basketball coach of all time. Hey, not as classless as his assistant coaches. It wouldn't shake Hubert Davis's hand, by the way. I know. Well, we'll get, we'll to, get that to that, why that was. Uh, so I, like you, I had a, my son was in a hockey tournament this weekend. So we got home a little late and I tuned in in the first half and I was disappointed because I didn't see the intro of the game, but they showed right. it over a hundred times. So I tuned in in the first half, watched the whole thing. And like you, I'm not a Duke fan. I've never rooted for Krzyzewski. I'm not a fan of the, whatever. When that game was tied late or whatever, I was rooting for North Carolina like you wouldn't believe. And at one point, my wife turns to me and says, what is wrong with you? I said, I like misery. I wanted to see all those fans be miserable and the whole thing blow up in their face. And it did. It was, it was it wonderful. And it was I tweeted great. this. And I tweeted this. And I know you saw it. I can't take a bunch of 19-year-olds crying their eyes out at Coach K's final game because they lost. They, they don't know anything about – they wouldn't know Coach Kemp. They were standing next to him two years ago, and now they're exactly. crying like someone shot their family dog. Stop it. Yeah, give me a break. He's not dying. Guy's rich. Guy's rich. He's, you know, he's oh. massive, massive wealth off the backs of uh, college basketball players. Yeah. So this isn't a – you know, we don't need a eulogy here. So let's they, go get out. The, let's go go get out. Let's go. So they, here's your they, here's your your uh, here's your gold watch. Here's your rocking chair. Let's move on. The best part was all the fans had to stay and wait for him to come out after he talked to his team. So it was just thousands of fans standing there crying and looking at each other like, okay, what do we do now? And they just, just I enjoyed. I watched every second of the post. Every second. Did you really? It was wonderful. It was wonderful. And I will I will say this. I thought Coach K was very good in his remarks. He said some very good things. But if you want, I, I'm going to give a plug, and we should put this on your list, Brian. Ian O'Connor has a new book about Coach K that just came out uh, yep. in the last couple of months. I don't recall. He was on with Mad Dog on Friday. 
And he gave incredible insight to the good and the bad of Coach Krzyzewski, who Interesting. he said, well, that Krzyzewski's profanity is something you could never imagine as a fan. It's Not every really. second of every game after the refs, nasty. And you could see it when he shows the cutaway shots of him on Saturday. He, the profanity is, oh, it's unbelievable. But Ian O'Connor's new book about Coach K, we should try to get him on. It'd be a good book. I think, I okay, like yeah, that'd Brian. be great. I loved it. I loved it. I, 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 I think maybe I saw an excerpt of this, if this is a new book. I think yeah, just it was something out. detailed like how, and this is one part of it I don't care because I care less about either of these two guys. Uh, they both have huge egos about how like he and Bob Knight had this big fallout. I think that was yeah. an excerpt that I read, but yeah, I, yeah, you just piqued my interest in that. Like, I mean, profanity. Come on. What about what, what about all the what about all the young people in the stands, Eric? That's a small arena, Cameron Indoor Arena. Yep. What's going on? It was uh, there was just again tremendous to see, and I think he had ninety-seven former players in the stands. Really, who's oh, college basketball? A ton of them. I mean, it, it really was. I mean, I I don't know. Was Michael Jordan there? I thought Michael Jordan was there. I, I don't believe he's not, he was. I don't. I know he's he he's a North Carolina guy. Obviously, he would you know arch rival. And now we I saw Jerry. A, yeah. I saw Jerry Seinfeld sitting next to Adam Silver, the yeah. NBA commissioner. Like Jerry's wearing a Duke thing. Like Jerry, what's going on here? I know. And Ooh, let's try, people that go you, and sit next to Adam Silver at Duke games. You mentioned North Carolina and uh, Michael Jordan. So it comes out that the Duke people were upset that a couple weeks ago, North Carolina did not roll out the red carpet to honor Shashevsky uh, for his last game at Chapel Hill. I mean, and Damn so me. then the, the, I don't know if this is directly the reason why, but one or two of the assistant coaches wouldn't shake Hubert Davis's hand in the handshake line after the game the other day. Hubert Davis, the the, the uh, Carolina head coach. Yeah, that's I saw why that. people hate Duke. That that it is. And Shashevsky better say something about that when he talks the next couple of days. I want him to explain to me why his assistant coaches didn't shake the other coach's hand. Explain this is purely speculation on my part. But do you know which? What person from Duke is mo- is is the most pissed off that Mike Shashevsky didn't get that uh, that send off at North Carolina? Mike Shashevsky. Yeah. At least true. I'm. At least that's just a guess. Yeah, you know, I don't know what they did anything for Dean Smith. I don't know if so, Dean Smith did this. I don't know if Dean Smith, the legendary North Carolina coach for uh, for, de- from de- for decades. Uh, I don't know if he made that announcement that he was retiring before he retired. retired. I know Roy Williams also didn't. I'm getting a little deep yeah. into college basketball inside talk here. So, I mean, I guess Shashevsky did this and he thought it was going to be like the farewell tour, which, you know, I think he's made okay with the farewell tour. Yeah. I don't think Carolina had to like buy him a, 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 you know, send him cupcakes and buy him an ice cream cone uh, before the game at North Carolina. But apparently they thought he did. I thought the Yankees have done things where they've honored other people. You know, the Mets have done things where they've like Chipper Jones or I mean, I don't want to see that as a fan. I don't want to see my team. I don't want David Ortiz standing, getting a standing ovation at Yankee Stadium because he's retiring. I hate David Ortiz. I'm I sorry. hear you. I, I don't want that. You know, I didn't back in the day. I remember people hated when Julius Irving got. You know, people loved him, but you know, Knicks or Celtics fans don't want to watch Julius Irving. You know, I got to be honest. I actually this that is the one outlier for me because even though I hate the Sixers and hated the Sixers, I don't think it's possible to hate Dr. J. So no, actually, I love that tour. I love that it. one. Didn't mo- that one didn't didn't bother me. But as a Met fan, you mentioned Chipper Jones. Like, are really going to do a? Chip- we put together a fill. Didn't they put it together like a tribute? Yes, they did the because they were always because they were just so tone deaf. The Mets also came up this weekend because a couple of people pointed out. I think it was Mike Puma from the Post. Like, thanks, Mike. Pointed out the similarity of Duke losing its Shashevsky's last home game 
with the Mets in 2008, losing the last game of the season to miss out on going to the playoffs. And then expecting everyone to stay around for Shea Stadium. And I can say for someone who was there and has the T-shirt to like say goodbye to Shea T-shirt, I think I still have it to prove that I was there. I had season tickets that season, last season at Shea. I got I couldn't get out of there fast enough after they lost like eight to nothing. I was not staying there to hear, you know, Jerry Grody talk about memories at Shea. I I and I assume the Duke people didn't have a choice because I'm assuming if it's up to Shashevsky, they locked the doors and they're not no one was left out to his yeah, speech. They so. could have yelled fire and no one was getting out of that. <laughs> it's like, you're not going anywhere. No, exactly. But it was it was great theater and having him lose was just uh it was tremendous. When he was a huge underdog, a a huge favorite, like you said, there wasn't like this wasn't Duke, North Carolina, you know, split him. Um, Duke was supposed to run away with that game. Didn't happen. That's why they play the games. It did not happen. You're absolutely right. And hey, uh, just another uh, basketball note. Um, We you know we're going on the teetering on World War here. Uh, Brittany Griner, the WNBA player, apparently being held in uh, Russia. She. She apparently was carrying hashish oil with some of her vape pens and they're holding uh, her on like drug charges. So reminds me of that movie here. What was that called? In Turkey? Uh, oh, Midnight Express. Midnight Express. I mean, geez, but you do not. I don't again, know what she was doing in Russia. I know that I guess she plays basketball. That plays in Russia. Yeah. But goodness gracious, do not, do not, do not take your vape pens and your hashish oil when you go to Russia because she's in some serious, serious trouble. Yeah, and now is it going to be like a political prisoner where we're, oh, yeah, okay, everything going on, you're going to put, you know, you're going to ban this on, on you know, like payback by Russia. Ooh, so when sports bad, and bad politics in the world, yeah, intersect. Thoughts and prayers to her family because that's got to be a very, very tricky situation. Very frightening. Hopefully it gets resolved. I know the State Department's uh, We're going to take a time out. We come back. Brian's, uh, for some reason, wants to talk about uh, a, a grocery store chain. That I don't, yeah. know, I don't know anything about. So you I know you don't know anything about. I, but part of my job here is to educate you, not just the listeners, but you also, Eric. All right, all right. We'll talk about that in a minute. First, let's talk about all as well. All as well believes the power of a good night's sleep, designed to make good sleep accessible to all. The all as well features hybrid mattress technology, combining the best of both worlds: memory foam and individually wrapped coils for a winning blend of comfort and support. The goal is to create an affordable mattress without sacrificing quality or luxury. The result is the Allswell Queen, and that mattress starts at as at low as three hundred and forty-five bucks. You got mattress shopping these days? It's not quite as bad as gas, but it's close. Uh, so if you can get a mattress, a queen-size mattress, starting at three hundred forty-five bucks, that's a great way to save. Here's another great way to save: go into our website, the EDBC Podcast website, edbcpodcast.buzzsprout.com. Click on any one of our episodes. I tell you all the time, you'll see a link to allswellhome.com. You click on that link, your first order, you're saving 15%. So that's another nice way to save. And that's what it's about, saving and sleeping. Save well, sleep well with Allswell. All right. So what is Wegmans, Brian? Please, can you help me out with this? I, I don't know what Wegmans is. Should I know what Wegmans is? And why no. do I care? And uh, why do I you, care? You, 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 I want to keep this brief. I'm going to keep this brief. I don't want to get too much into this. But it's like it's almost like a cult. Um, I oh, did not know about Wegmans either. I'm from New Hampshire. I moved to Connecticut when I was, you know, almost 20 years ago. I moved to Connecticut. My wife grew up in the Syracuse area. And I also found this out when I interviewed for a job several years ago in Western New York. Wegmans is like, I think, born out of Rochester, New York. Western New York. Is that Syracuse? Yeah, that's Syracuse. Oh, now we'll get some emails. Okay, cool. Yeah. No, Central New York. It's this huge, like, family-owned grocery store chain. It's super popular. I've been in them. They're awesome. They get everything under the sun. And 
I guess they're like the comparison to Stu Leonard's here in Connecticut. Love uh, Stu my Leonard. sister lives in Jersey and she has one. They've opened up, they've expanded all across the country, all across the Northeast, even down to the Mid-Atlantic, except Connecticut never got one, I guess, because we're Stu Leonard's territory. And now uh, Wegmans is coming to Norwalk, Connecticut. And this will apparently be a big deal for a lot of people. I saw several stories on it over the past weekend. So really? I don't even know what, what else to say on that. If you've heard of Wegmans, you're like, it's again, it's like a cult. Like, oh, we love it. It's the best thing ever. It's better than sliced bread. You can get sliced bread at Wegmans too, I guess. So that's what I have for you. And at this point, this segment is now no longer has interest to me. Is this another shallow attempt to you to try to get another sponsor to the podcast? This is what this is really all about. I would love to do that. Hey, Wegmans, we are open for business or stews. There you go. I did. I do like, and I, I, I get some kind of a grocery store person because I do a lot of the grocery shopping in our family. Mm. And when my what when I was dating the woman who's now currently my wife, uh, she she lived in Norwalk, and I like a lot of times I'd go to the Norwalk Stew Leonard's. It's delightful, great produce, great meat, phenomenal fish. If you're a fish person, great fish and stews. So now there's going to be like a, a, a supermarket war. In southwestern Connecticut, does this have I now? After all, we've talked about this for almost four minutes. Have I piqued your interest at all in anything I've said? No. Okay. Almost like the first, like the first segment. Uh, <laughs> all right. Then you Stand. have something else. What is this three little facts thing? So you, you got to be intrigued. Both these things. What is I'm this sure all you about do. as well? What is this well, three or, little facts? What is this all about? Okay. This yes. month, March 2022, is the 50th anniversary. We mentioned this a few weeks ago. Yeah. 50th anniversary of The Godfather, the film, not the book, the film. Godfather Correct. came out in late March 1972. Yep. So it's been a little dry this month. We haven't had baseball or spring training to talk about. We are not ever talking about Aaron Rodgers in this podcast. Nope. So I thought, well, let's have a little fun with movies. We do some movie stuff sometimes. We both, I love The Godfather. A lot of most people my age or our age or older love it, or at least have seen it. Some people, you know. So I thought, okay, let's have a little fun with The Godfather turning 50. And I'll go and find some silly little facts to educate Eric and the listeners on. Beautiful. Now, I peach- okay, so I have peaked just on this segment. You did. Good job. Okay, cool. So we're going to do this for a couple of weeks, you know, especially since there's no baseball. I'm not going to talk about the collective bargaining tax or whatever the hell it's called. And Godfather, right, so here the- Godfather was in the theaters this, uh, was it this past week? I, did, I didn't have a chance, unfortunately, to do that. But uh, yeah, it was I, only I for a week. Idea of it. Yeah. My wife has a works with someone who saw went out and saw it and said, "I've seen it a million times. This was the best. You ha- you have to see it in the theater, especially the way it's digitally remastered." Right. And I looked it up and realized it already left the theater, so it was only there for one week. That's all right. All right. All right. All right. So give me, give me, give me facts a for fact. this week. All yes. right. Fact number one: We know the movies about the mafia, and the you know just the, the size of the mafia and the influence the mafia had, especially in the forties and fifties. But in the film, and I don't know about the book, I'm pretty sure this, I don't think this applies to the book. In the film, the words mob and mafia were never used, not once. I knew that. You did I know heard, that. I had heard that before. It's funny you say that. Uh, why did I, anyway, I had heard that. That is a very good fact. Uh, because you there figured is it some, would be. I think yes. Francis Ford Coppola, the director, met with, I think, some Italian-American groups that didn't like the negative connotation that those words had to Italian-Americans. So... More modern-day Sopranos went through the same thing. Right. So they sort of smoothed that over, and it was always inferred and implied. The closest it got was when they showed a headline of a newspaper that used the word mobster. That's the closest they got to using either one of the M-words. All right. There you go. There's fun little facts. All right. Number two. Yeah. Um, I just mentioned Francis Ford Coppola. His daughter, 
Sophia, Sophia. Mm-hmm. you might know this one, is in all three movies. The, the third one I like to wish didn't, doesn't exist, but it does. So we have to mention it. She's in Godfather, Godfather 2, and of course, unfortunately, had a prominent role in Godfather 3. But let's not move that any longer. She was at the end of the Godfather, spoiler alert, uh, when Connie and her husband's son is being christened, it's actually a baby Sofia Coppola, a girl, a yep. girl playing a boy oh my in a God. movie. Unbelievable. So that was kind of interesting. That's, I guess, you know, maybe nepotism is a word that's popping up right now, but. Or maybe it was because it was the costs were so they couldn't afford to pay another actor. Yeah, I got to pay baby. You got to pay like, you know, scale. Yeah, scale. scale scale. All right. And here's, I love the casting what ifs of movies like, you know, people that tried out for whatever reason didn't end up in the film. Uh, The role of Michael, following actor, uh, who, of course, the role went to Al Pacino. He made it just. Dynamite. He owns that role. Just an amazing performance in both movies. I'm not counting the third one. Uh, some of the people who auditioned for that film, for that role in the film, Warren Beatty, Dustin Hoffman, Jack Nicholson. Wow. And Robert De Niro. Wow. Who, of course, De Niro ended up in the second film. Yep. Not playing Michael. I also heard Larry David is one of the... What, Larry some... David. Yeah, Larry <laughs> David. Um uh, Don Rickles uh, <laughs> applied for the role of uh, Luke Dangerfield, Luke Brazzi, the mafia enforcer. That's not well, true. hey, I like this little three little facts, Brian. Nice job. You're just a producer extraordinary. You know what I mean? You I am. This took, I, you know, I spent almost 20 minutes in this. Oh, good for you. So, yeah, hey, listen, I'm, I'm I work you, scale. I got I, I don't have free time like you do to go through this, Manani, but <laughs> I will have much more now. Brian, one of my children are not playing hockey anymore. The season ended this weekend. One down, one to go, Brian. Spring is almost officially here. One down, one to go. So I'm sure you're, I'm sure he's crushed your son, but I I as Eric says this, this he's smiling. <laughs> the price of gas is making me smile because I drove uh, the price of gas in the hours. He had a game on Thursday night at 8:40. Again, he's 12. So Thursday right. night, no, 8:50. Thursday night. So I mean, and it's 40 minutes from my house, the rank. You got to be there an hour before the game. Mm-hmm. So they won on Thursday night. They won right. on Friday night. Friday night, they Good. played at 6.30. Saturday, they had two games. One at, uh, I forget what time it was. Anyway, 1 o'clock or whatever. They won both games on Saturday. So you're going back and forth. And it's just long enough where you got to go home. And- oh, cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then yesterday morning, they had a game. Uh, they oh, It was yesterday, excuse me. They won their game yesterday morning at 8.20. And then we had to go back for a game at uh, 3 o'clock. And they unfortunately lost that game five to three. But my son had a terrific tournament, had a lot of fun. But yes, my wife and I are now smiling because we don't have to do that's one less kid to be driving all over the state. So, yeah, baseball season begin, Brian. Yeah, I was just, he didn't do this, but I wouldn't have been surprised if Eric had done the little quotation mo- mo- thing with his fingers when he said, "Unfortunately, yes, they exactly." Lost. Uh, but meanwhile, that's my tough. daughter's I mean, my playing, sister, my daughter's in Vermont this weekend for her last hockey tournament. So. Wow. Well, I wish Four her the best. Are we are we wishing her the best? Or we... of course, yeah, yeah, of course I mean, we are. Sorry, yes. they're worse. They're staying up there, so I'll be home. My wife and my my kids are going. I'll be home because of Big East tournament uh, work obligations, but I'll be watching online and rooting them from home. Rooting up. That's awesome. And so, meanwhile, yeah, so you got to be around to argue with the Big East commissioner if you ever get a hold of her about why you can't shoot any <laughs> footage. I know. Bitch and moan. That's all we do. Bitch and <laughs> you got things to do. I know. All right, we got to take one more time out. Then you have a list of birthdays. I think there's 12 people on there. I'm not, I'm there are. We're going to flip through them. I even have a theme this week. I, I, right. I don't like the Let's theme, but I found a theme. 
All right. Anyway, before we get to the theme, let's take a look here. You know, we talk about all the time, save from home and shop from home. All you have to do is use Instacart. Instacart's great. You can get your, you know, your late night. They have a new thing now. Get your late night snacks, get freshly prepared meals so you can cut down your cooking. You can do it all. And you have your own, Instacart gives your own personal shoppers. Um, and it's so easy to use. If you set up an Instacart, it takes about five minutes to set it up. You can save right away. Uh, you get a personal shopper. They'll communicate with you. You'll get a text. You can text them back about what you want. And they're going to local stores, stores that you know and love. You're not going to use some store you've never heard of. You don't know what kind of the produce they is. You know what the, they have. You know what the meat's you know, kind of not, not great. You know what stores your, your shoppers are shopping for. And since we're all busy, I mean, listen to Eric, look what he's got going on. You know, you want to have it. You want to know when the groceries are going to be delivered. You don't want this like sometime between 10 a.m. and 9 p.m. No, no, no. You pick the time that your groceries get delivered. Here's another great way. If you sign up for Instacart right now and you can do it right by going through our website at edbcpodcast.buzzsprout.com, click on a link for instacart.com and any one of our episodes and save 10 bucks off your first delivery. So shop from home and save with Instacart. Beautiful. All right. Talk to you on birthdays, Brian. We got a lots of them. What do you got here? Let's bang them out quickly. Uh, Comedian, funny man, director, uh, all around talent, Rob Reiner. You know, it's funny when you look back at that guy, Deck, in his acting days. I mean, he was he looked like such a dope, you know what I mean? With that bad comb over and all that was just a what a great career, man. And talk about unbelievable going to have, you know, oh, he just because of his old man. No, he's brilliant. He's, no, he, he is he, he, just another generation of brilliant. So good yeah, before he was on TV, he like was writing for comedy shows in the sixties. Like, no, yeah. he's brilliant. Brilliant. Uh, seventy-two. Oh, I, I'm in the ballpark. Uh, seventy-five. I was going to say seventy-five, but I didn't want to say that because it'd make me feel too old. But and he just lost his dad, I think, a year or two ago. Carl Reiner, who lived, I think, to like ninety-four. Carl Reiner yep. was brilliant. Yep. Uh, well, right. let's, again, let's keep moving. Uh, one of your favorites, rocker John Bon Jovi. Oh, I was just with someone yesterday. Tell she's a huge Bon Jovi fan, and I just said, "Why?" Ugh. Uh, every 58. every woman never. Mind. I know. I know. <laughs> he could he could go up on stage with his mouth duct taped, and they're going to cheer him up. I wish he would. <laughs> John Bon Jovi is sixty, a milestone birthday, the big six zero. I said fifty eight, so I'm good. All right, what else you got? Connie Britton, who I thought was in the film that we like, you, I know you really love it. She's the one in Ed Harris movie, but she isn't in it. She's in the first, like another Ed Harris movie. Okay. But she's been in that like uh, Friday Night Light show, which was popular, especially among sports fans, you know, high school football. She's been in a ton of movies. I always like Connie Britton, kind of, but you know, I don't, I'm not vibe. familiar with her. I'm going to know her if I, I'm going to look you, at my- She, if you saw, if you've seen the Brothers McMullen, she played one of the wives that was at first Ed. Ed Burns movie. Oh, okay. Connie Britton. Yeah, I see her now. Yeah, right. I know. I, that's one of those ones where Eric goes, I really don't know who this is until I look it up. Yeah, no, it's true. We're calling this the Paul Dooley uh, uh, birthday from now on. Was she so, like 55? Boom! Really? All right. All right. About that age. This seemed to be weird. You know, we talk, it, this is we do a lot of sports stuff on this podcast. So I did a little sports theme here because all these guys from the great Pittsburgh Steelers teams in the 1970s all had birthdays like either today or yesterday. Yep. And these are like, I don't know, well, two of them are Hall of Famers, and one of them has been gracious enough to join us on this podcast, and he was he was great. But uh, three Pittsburgh Steelers. This is definitely like 
sports related, but also I'm going to feel old when I hear these numbers are related. Well, they're all, the, they're all in the seventies. I know that. Yeah. Well, there you go. Uh, so Franco Harris, pro bowl, I mean, all pro hall of fame running back for the Steelers. 74. 72. All right. Damn. You've been to the Pittsburgh airport, right? Where you get off the plane and there's that stupid statue of him with the, catching the immaculate reception. Uh, I have not, have not. I've seen it, but I know, I know you're talking. Yeah, about I, well, yeah, okay. Uh, not Hall of Famer. I'm not, not or more, or not if I had a vote, but that's fine. Hall of Famer Lynn Swan, wide receiver Lynn Swan, then later turned on broad, turned broadcaster. Seventy three. Seventy. Wow, he was a little younger than those guys. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Love Lynn Swan. He had a good career as a broadcaster for a while. Nice guy. Really nice. Yeah. Million dollar smile, man. Million dollars. Yeah. Made for TV. Absolutely. Uh, Charismatic would be a good way to describe him, I think. And then the last one, again, we we talked to him last year uh, about his book and his life and what a life he's led. Uh, Rocky Blyer, uh, the halfback from those teams back in the 70s. Vietnam veteran. Is he 75? Because he's older than those guys, I'm assuming. He is older than those guys, and you're very close. Rocky just... Turned 76, so happy birthday, Rocky. Maybe have you back on sometime soon. And you hate the Steelers as a Cowboys I fan. hate the Steelers. Ugh. I grew up a Cowboys fan. I'm one of those a little annoying, just little annoying Roger Staubach, little kid Cowboy fans, all grown up. Now, we did we ever talk about Brian Flores being hired as the defensive coordinator by Mike Tomlin? I love that, by the way. I did. We did not, which uh, I thought was kind of cool. Yeah, I'd love that. That's a pulled. I don't know why I opened that can of worms, but well, let me for, tell you something. If baseball yeah. keeps dragging this on, we might have we might have time to discuss that in the future. Maybe we'll get Flores on. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Can't talk, guys. There's litigation underway. Yeah, and listen, man. I, 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 we didn't talk about the baseball thing. What is it? Day ninety six of this lockout, and they had a another roadblock this weekend. I mean, I just don't see this ending anytime soon, Brian. And a, I don't think the owners care about missing April games. I don't think the they fans don't. care about missing April games. I mean, I don't think there are going to be any serious concessions by either side till at least maybe April 1st. I think we got another three or four weeks of this, and they don't care. There's seven, eight owners who don't care because the guy who lives in Kansas City, Pittsburgh, they're not going to the games anyway in April. So they don't care. They don't care. They don't yeah. care. They don't, they're not going to lose a lot of money. And I think the players get their first paycheck on April 15th. That's when they would get it. So right around that time is when the missus or whoever in their life is going to say, hey, honey, Where's your check? And it's not coming. Yeah. I know so, you want to help the minor league ball players, but enough is enough. Yeah. And you're so right. I'm, it sucks when you have owners that just don't give a damn, but these owners don't give a damn. And I shouldn't say all of them. We don't know. We can, we know a few of them and we can speculate on others, but it's just, it's a mess and it sucks because, you know, these guys don't live in the real world. I'm talking mostly about the owners. So they don't care about fans or, or what have you. Or like, we talk, it's, we have this very Pollyanna, I guess it's Pollyanna, but I think there's some truth to it. Like all the crap that's going on in the world right now, baseball, if you're a baseball fan and they're, they're fewer and fewer these days because of crap like this, it's another diversion to sort of just take you away from the real world for, for a little while. Yep. They don't care about that either. They can, they they can never read the room. Nope, they're tone deaf. All right, listen, we got to run here. You got to go to work. I got to go to work. So I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Good job, Brian. I love the little. Thank you. We're going to do it again. More Godfather talk next week. Yeah, I love it, man. Let's do it up. So you're going to, you're going to have a whole bunch of news from the Big East tournaments to tell us about. Yeah, I hopefully have some tales. Yeah. NCAA action begins. Selection Sunday for them. All right, that'll do it for this edition of the EDBC podcast. I'm Eric Dobrat. See Brian Coleman. Say goodbye. See ya.